This is my voice, my weapon of choice. Hello everybody, you are listening to IVS Radio, a podcast series on the migrant women experience. Brought to you by IVS, the international women's space. IVS has been a space for refugee women to come together and self-organize. We discuss, share, and exchange our stories, experiences, challenges, and struggles. We empower each other and empower ourselves to learn about and fight for our rights. Make sure to visit our website, iwspace.de, and subscribe to our podcasts. Hello, and welcome everyone to our ninth podcast in our IVS radio. I'm Jennifer, and I'm also here with Denise, and today we will be speaking of mental health, mental illness, isolation and torture, and how we can create a support network for migrant and refugee women living in the Lagos. Welcome. We would like to start this program by playing some clips from the Corona Laga reports. We started this project during the first lockdown in order to share the voices of women living in the Lagos and how they are experiencing the pandemic. We have three clips. Let's listen to them, shall we? In Doki, deportations are still there. Um, the month of July, we had the deportations to Georgia and the Netherlands. Um, then in terms of um, corona uh, prevention, we still have the isolation rooms and people are being isolated when they are away from the system for after 48 hours, they are going direct to isolation for two days. The other thing is racism and discrimination. We are when we are traveling, people are experiencing experiencing uh, insults. Maybe when you are sit next to some white people, they tell black people to keep distance. Some even walk out of the bus because they don't want to see black people. And we are grateful to some drivers who normally support us and and ask them to move to another to move to another seat or they wait they wait to the next bus thank you and stay safe now there's also an, an another concern about uh, people in the camp since dubalog is a is a deportation camp there's a lot of stress there there a lot of depression especially with women and one case um we have is a girl of 20 years and that girl is so de depressed. She does not know what to do. She does not know who to turn to. Then the 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 the, the whole thing is being covered up. She's doing uh, she's doing some things, and instead of finding a way out to the sol to her so to her problem, a solution to her problem, they call polizai. They inject her to calm down. Then they took her for an overnight, and then brought her back in the following the following day in the morning there's also another girl also who is also in uh, dubalog and she is uh, she is also now engaging herself in heavy drinking uh because of because of uh because of depression so that means that people in the camp uh, are, are getting depressed especially now in dubalog since everybody has that mentality it is a deportation camp so uh, I don't know what can be done. Maybe a follow-up, a mentorship, just to talk to people about how they can manage their stress and depression. We have just listened to a short clip of the Corona Lager reports. So far, we have collected around 36 reports, and they are all available on our website, iwspace.de. It's important to say that uh, one of the issues that women keep mentioning in these reports is um, mental health. How women living already in isolation in the camps, in refugee camps, are now also keeping with this double uh, isolation that came with the pandemic. We have been seeing these are issues that are, nev uh, are never addressed. And in this program today, we would like to, to understand how we can deal with mental health, what we can offer, what women are needing, and how can we make the, the situation of asylum-seeking women living in refugee camps 
visible. Yes, when women are experiencing depression, like it was, we had the last audio report, or having difficulty with mental health, instead of providing mm, support, often the police are engaged in ways that only lead to more violence. Now with this corona pandemic and a second lockdown, we see that women in the lagers are facing a double isolation. And by a double isolation, we always mean that the lagers are always situated very far away from uh, any social amenities. And then now with the lockdown, this makes it a double way of isolation, which only worsens mental health situations of women. That was the reason we decided to have a discussion on this topic. Okay, so today we are very happy to, to have here uh, Lucia Muriel and Yasmin Edding to have this conversation around mental health and how we can improve the possibilities of supporting women living in uh, refugee camps. I will introduce Lucia now. Lucia Muriel was born in Ecuador. She is a graduate in psychology and has advanced training in industrial, occupational, and organizational psychology. She is also a psychotherapist with a therapeutic focus on trauma, migration, and violence. She is an activist for social justice for migrants and refugees in strengthening their participation and self-empowerment. For many years now, she has been one of the leaders in the debates on political work towards anti-racism, emancipation, gender empowerment, decolonization in education and public spaces. She works as a freelancer in the fields of conflict management, change management, as a coach and as a lecturer. She is the author of D. Bundesdeutsche Eine Welt aus einem Guss. Ah, the, the title is a question. Die Bundesdeutsche Eine Welt aus einem Guss from uh, 2014. Yasmin Edding was born and raised in Bavaria. She is a social pedagogue. She has been active in the black movement for over 30 years and is a co-founder of Adefra EV, Black Women in Germany, which was also founded in Munich. As she uh, has been the co-author of the book Kinder der Befreiung, edited by Marion Kraft and published in 2016 by the Unrast Verlag. She writes about, about transatlantic experiences and perspectives of black Germans of the post-war generation and contributes to a milestone in literature about the manifold history of black Germans. The book has now been translated into English, and we appreciate that it has been translated into English because so, there is so much good literature being done in Germany by feminist women or women with all this biography that never reach uh, women that has just arrived and cannot yet understand the language and read such, such books. So thank you, Yasmin, for that, and thank you, Lucia, for all this work you've done. Mm -hmm. We will start now with Lucia. Lucia, you mentioned Hello. to us... Hi, Lucia. Yes, uh, yes, I listen to you very well. Thank you very much and welcome. <laughs> okay. Lucia, you mentioned to us that you visit Doberlug Kirchhain every month. Could you tell us, please, uh, uh, a little bit more of this work you have been doing there and what you have observed regarding the mental health of women in the lagers, the refugee shelters, and also how do you see the system dealing with mental health in the asylum context? Yes. Um, well, uh, I should uh, tell you that I go there once a, once a month. That's right. And then when I go there, I uh, meet uh, especially the translators, the, the migrant uh, worker in this uh, asyla, asyl, asylum uh, home in this lager, uh, they are um, almost all of them. They are migrants. Own also, 
and uh, most of them were were also asylum seekers uh, some years ago and now they work for translation and um, yeah and to take care about uh, the asylum seekers now in this lager and i have to say that uh, yeah and my my task why, why i go there is to enhance the sensibility of them and uh, uh, also to talk about their stress also uh, also th what they suffer a lot of stress also and so that they can uh, stay uh, strong enough to work there every day and uh, yeah and uh, stay also with the stress uh, and the pressure. But what I see is that these translators, also they are migrants, yes, they, um, they lost a lot of their compassion, yes, this is what I, I uh, observe. And so my work is also to, as I told you, to work their emotional system to, to strengthen their emotional system so they can come back to their own compassion, you know, own compassion levels in a way. And, and um, the, we, we always, when we talk about the person living in the lager, the asylum seekers, often or almost always, they talk about the violence, especially among the men, they almost don't talk about women's situation. And this is very interesting also, because uh, I ask them uh, often, how are the families, how are the, the women, um, uh, how they feel and so on. But Almost they cannot, they, they don't talk, they don't talk much about the women, much more about um, violent situation with men, yes. And, uh, and what I feel also is that the others, the German workers of this uh, lager in Doberlokirch High, um, they have they show a high level of reject of rejection towards refugees. Yeah, and they are also especially toward men, not that much against the women, but they are isn't rejection in the way that they say, so why they come, why they are here, why they don't go back, they should go back and no stay and not stay here. And um, and the, this is one of the main points I would like to work out is the lack of compassion in this lager and among the workers there. Thank you, Lucia. And it's very interesting how you pointed out the question of the invisibility of the women, because the International mm -hmm. Women's Space works exactly on, the, on this direction to make mm -hmm. the, uh, the lives of women living in these times also vis visible. Do you have an opinion from your experience, your observation, why it seems um, that the, the refugees in general are seen as a group of men and where, where women are so invisible even for these workers that do the translation and animation, the lack of compassion. Why is this never directed to the women? What is the reason behind that? Yes, I, I think, you know, that uh, women, they learned for them, uh, it, if, if they would get, for example, aggressive or violent, or if they would, get loud for example yes and uh, and if they would sh uh, show emotional their their feelings and so on i i think that um 
they would um, seen they would be seen more than a threat for the others you know because in the mind there is is very good settled so the women has to be have to be quiet they have to be in their rooms they have to be in a way silent yes this is the expectation towards them and when a man gets aggressive or violent or whatever so okay this is uh, almost accepted and uh, accepted and expected also yes and this makes the situation much more difficult for women because no one will pay them attention if they show their their fear or their uh, their stress yes and uh, this is what i think it has to do with it so that if for example they would like to they would show their anger so the, uh, women should not uh, show their ang anger yes and this is i think that is there is one of the main problems in the situation the workers in dobalukeshine they have very very much to do so they uh, they pay more attention to give all to the men which get uh, aggressive and violent and they almost forget the women yes if uh, if the women for example was this is one thing i observed if there is one woman for example uh, who gets depressed and she cannot uh, take care about her her own child for example yeah one day or two days because of the depression so they get very angry to uh, towards her so she's a mother she should uh, do what uh, she uh, she must do for the child and but she doesn't do it and so you know this is uh, this is the stress also for the women it's it's very interesting because this is how society in general is, and of course, in such situations, it's just get to the extreme. We can talk a little bit more about it later and your work with these uh, uh, people that are there doing the translation and how we could change this situation and bring the mm -hmm. the women to a point where they feel the courage also to be visible and to. Uh, to make their voices heard. Mm -hmm. I'll pass now to my colleague Jennifer. Jennifer. Yes, thank you, Lucia, for your input. And now I have a question for Yasmin. And as one of the founders of ADEFRA, and maybe you can explain to the, to the listeners what ADEFRA is about and how you came about to work to form ADEFRA. Uh, what is your what is your concern ab around mental health? Uh, uh, first of all, Adefra was founded more than thirty years ago in Munich, and uh, it began with uh, with Otto Lord. Otto Lord is an um, African American writer, poet, author, which unfortunately died a long time ago, and she came to Germany because of her health issues. And um, she said, where are the black women here? I know there are, must be black women here because uh, in terms of our history, after the Second World War, many blacks came to uh, Germany and must be, where are they? So um, then she met while she was uh, teaching at the university, some black women, and so she encouraged them to write a book about the situation of black women in, in Germany. Uh, the book is Farbe Weekend, Showing Our Colors. It's also uh, translated into English. That's how it all became. So, um, because back then we grew up very isolated. We had no really community. But uh, then we started to come together, talking about our issues, and realized that you know, we are together now, and there's a possibility to do more. To make uh, to raise more awareness uh, um, because of the racism which we are facing every day, school, 
um, universities, at the workplace, everywhere in the streets. Um, yeah, and therefore we decided we need to uh, form like an organization and to uh, fight against all of this. But um, most of all, we wanted to create a platform where black women uh, can come together and speak about their experience and to help each other, support each other, like, you know, create a, a space of empowerment. And yeah, it's more than 20 years ago and we are still around. Um, and uh, mental health is especially important for me because I am coming from the health field. I am a, a massage therapist um, and uh, so um, I had a lot to do, not only with, uh, I met a lot of women, little uh, women, sick women, um, while I was working as a social worker in a shelter for homeless women and then I worked in a lager also in Munich and um, so I realized that uh, our health system is not quite uh, suitable for for the women there because our health system has no idea about uh, what uh, where the women come from, with uh, which kind of issues they had to deal. They have no idea about their life situations. And um, um, when I was working at Refugio, this is like a center for refugees who are traumatized. So I began to deal, to learn more about uh, this issue. And um, since then, I'm very interested how that we can support uh, women, especially in, in the lagers, to deal with the situation. I mean, and right now with uh, with this uh, pandemic and um, living in the lager, uh, exposed to all of, of this, and, and sometimes they can't even leave the lager, causes en um, enormous stress and, and fear. And um, I think it's very important that um, we need to uh, support the women and uh, try to take some of the fears away. I mean, the fear, yeah, we can't take the fear away and we can't take the fear of deportation away. But I think it is important that the women, <coughs> that we help the women you know, facing this issue and dealing with the fear, you know. The fear is there. But how you how you handle the fear is important. Um, so I think there are quite some options how to help in little steps the women to uh, deal with the situation or make it a little less fearful for them. Thank you, Yasmin. There's also the issue of uh, when black women are in pain then they are not believed by the doctors. And the issue, for example, what Lucia was mentioning, that a woman in the home is her suffering from depression and she cannot take care of her child, and then she's condemned. And we, see, we also see that in, this, in these processes of asylum, that we, there is no provision for the mental health situation. Could you give, for example, is this the same situation that you also faced when you are only a very small minority of a black community? Yeah, we, we always you know, uh, face this kind of situation. Uh, but back then we were kind of like, uh, it was, we didn't know where to go, what to do. And, uh, but only then when we started to talk about our life situations and about what was going on, it was clear for us that the system we, ha we are dealing with, the health system, it's uh, virtualizing us. They, you know, they have no um, idea. For instance, racism was never an issue in the mental health system. Like still today in the universities and school, racism is not a subject. It's not on the agenda. So therefore, um, in the he mental health system, nobody paid attention. Which why, for instance this woman has depression or got a panic attack. Um, they never uh, would understood that like every day stress, every day have to deal with racism and other discrimination forms like sexism. Maybe one day it's just enough for body and soul 
and you, you know, women uh, getting depression, psychosis, psychosis, or or other um, health problems. Thank you, women, for your input. We take a short break by listening to a song that Lucia chose. Uh, and I would like maybe, Lucia, you say something short about the song and you give the name of the song because I cannot pronounce. It's Mercedes yes. Sosa. Say yes, Mercedes Sosa. Yeah. This is the name of the singer. She's an Argentine singer uh, with indigenous roots. And uh, yeah, she is one of uh, our greatest uh, and beloved uh, singers in uh, in South America, in the Caribbean, uh, wherever we uh, speak Spanish. Uh, she um, was also persecuted uh, during the uh, fascist uh, di dictatorship in Argentina in the 80s, 70s and 80s. And she also had to leave um, Argentina, she went to uh, France and um, uh, had to ask for asylum there. And when she came back to Argentina, when it was possible again for her to return, she wrote this song, Solo le pido adios. Uh, I only ask God. And this song is uh, dedicated to my person in migration so in a way um she 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 talks about the hard moments migrants has to pass when they go to um strange culture or foreign culture yes
Lucia, what a great uh, choice of music. Uh, when we were listening to Mercedes Sosa here, I was remembering that when my mother came to visit me in Germany the first, the first time, more than a decade ago, uh, Mercedes Sosa made a concert in the Philharmonie, and we went to see her. Were you there? When yes, yes. You were there too, yes. so you saw this yes. marvelous concert. I was there, I was there, yes. So, so fantastic, yes. Absolutely fantastic. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but back then to our uh, issue of our conversation, we would mm -hmm. like to, to ask both of you, and we can start with you, Lucia. Why do okay. you think there is a stigma around mental health? and especially uh, women and mental health? Yes, this is a very good question. And I was thinking about a uh, long time for about this question. You know, I think that um, this society in which we live here in Germany is has a very close concept of community. And this could we see very clear now in the pandemic situation. Their, their sense of solidarity is limited almost uh, only to their own family. They are uh, in solidarity with their own family, but the sense and the concept of solidarity and compassion and interest of community is it's very low, you know. So then the, the stigma has exactly to do with this lack and uh, the lack, for example, of services, of experiences and of compassion with migrant women has to do with this concept. So I, I want to look that my mother is fine, but that there are migrant women in my neighborhood or in a small lager or houses, so it it doesn't has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me, nothing to do with my family, and um, so I I think this this is not part of emotional education in this uh, in this society. All things like compare sufferings. Com uh, uh, not not compare. Uh, sorry, um, uh, what is this in English? Yeah, share, 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 share sufferings or sharing pain or sorrow. This makes not part of emotional education in the family. Yes, so often the migrant asylum seekers disappear. They have because they would like to disappear also, also uh, uh, that the, the pain of the asylum seekers disappear. So they don't want to see it. They want to disappear the asylum seekers and they want also the pain of this of asylum seekers disappear. And this is what it makes difficult uh, to um, to work about this stigma around mental health, uh, they, they, for them it is it is like thinking they come from outside because they wanted to come here. So now they should uh, go through hard times to to hard lessons, and uh, they should go through uh, hard. Uh, uh, moments because they wanted to come here, so they choose to come here. So please now take the the rest, and the rest is not difficult. It's not easy to go. So they makes it, you know, a part of a strange, of a different world. It's, it has nothing to do with me, and I hope that I could explain it in my words. And this is what, because we must sensitize the society 
in this in this direction but it is not that easy and it ta- it takes a lot of time you know it's uh, yeah it's very uh, interesting what you have just said it's sort of a transfer of guilt you choose to come here now you have mm-hmm. to cope with it and if you cannot yes. cope you should stay silent because we are not responsible of the choice you've made Exactly. So it's once again another isolation, and the word that you used also disappear. It's we we also observe that that there is an intention that the pain disappears because the the person should not even be here. But exactly. once you are, please disappear. And also the other aspect you mentioned that is super important that the idea of solidarity is stays within the family and it's not extended to other communities and especially communities where we are talking about non-white people yeah we we observe that too so we yeah. we agree with you a very uh, good point which you made lucia and i also think um the stigma around mental health has also to do because here in the society, mental illness does not meet the standard. You have to be normal to fit in. And mm. it's a deviant behavior uh, that is not tolerated by society. Especially women, if they suffer from mental illness, many consider them as crazy. So I think women uh, suffer more um, from this stigma. And. Uh, And I also think that society in general don't know enough about mental health. So they need more, it needs more education and uh, awareness raising what it meant and where does it come from. Because mental illness is often caused by life events or overload and uh, excessive demand from outside. So... And what I experienced also is in some belief systems, mental illness is caused, obviously, or they say is caused by the devil, a possession from evil spirits. And this makes also many, um, you know, prejudice and and, um, the stigma around uh, mental illness. So, and I, I think, I'm not sure, but I think in some societies, cultures, there is no word for mental illness. They are, you know, they don't name it like like this. Yeah, this is uh, very true, how you have put it. You've put it very well. And it also comes back again to us as migrant women. And this aspect you mentioned that it's your fault that you come here. It's your problem. You come here. So just disappear. We don't want to feel anything from you. And it takes a lot of work to wake the consciousness of the society. And in the situations, for example, of the refugees, which um, which is made more difficult, the asylum process is very complicated. Mm. And it gets more complicated when there is a demand to have the public health uh, situation of uh, the lockdown, bearing in mind that um, it creates challenges for the women living in the home. One, uh, with the quarantine, the women are completely isolated because after every 48 hours, you have to be in these shelters. If you're not, then you are demand, you're, they demand that you stay do a quarantine. You know, you like you start mm. a quarantine. So it's a control mechanism that after every 48 hours and they mm. notice you're not in the home, so you cannot even visit your friends. You cannot break the isolation and visit your friends. They come back and realize that you are away. Then you are put in quarantine, like in a way of punishment. But they do not bear in mind that even outside, uh, the, 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 they don't respect the fact that someone has the freedom of movement. And then it has also the challenges that um, inside these structures, the internet, the something very basic like internet is a problem in these times. 
So they are also excluded from the world, the social world, because then the internet that they have to get is very limited. They have to have work with with uh, with um, very limited uh, internet. And this brings the question of the whole of pers the whole perspective of isolation, having in mind also the isolation of women in the prisons. And what does the isolation do to us? In the, what, how does it affect us mentally? Bearing in mind that even in the prisons there is isolation, where we are, the women in the lagers are facing isolation, and people were forced to go on quarantine. This isolation that was compulsory. How does it affect the mental health of uh, women? Maybe I start with you, Yasmin, and then uh, like you continue mm -hmm. from where you started, and then. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, can um, affect uh, mental health immensely because, uh, like this situation, it's like you said, it's like uh, imprisonment. You know, they failed uh, like in a prison, and uh, it can also trigger some uh, traumatic experiences the woman had before from violent situations. Um, and the feelings of powerlessness have no possibility to exerting influence. And, and um, it could cause psychosomatic diseases like heart um, problems, asthma, fibromyalgia, and headache, and, and a lot of much more, but also um, depression, panic attacks, psychosis. Also it's, um, I guess this situation can really cause like a re-traumatizing of that what the women experienced before. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think like distress situations in the lager causes uh, rise of conflicts and violence, and especially if there are men involved, then I think it's even more um, traumatic. It's more, uh, women get more traumatized, traumatized, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the part of the conflicts in the lager when these situations of conflict arise, then again, they project how violent we are because of the areas we come from. So again, uh, as a result of the isolation and the mental health and conflicts arising, then again, the consequences of that, which is, uh, which is conflicts inside, within the Laga system, then again, it comes back to us. We have to blame for everything. Yeah, blaming the victim. Yeah, so the victim again mm. is blamed for mm. for a certain behavior. Yeah, yeah. And I think not providing even with uh, with the uh, internet. Yeah. I mean, this is a kind. This is really. I mean, it's a human right. You know, to have the you have the right to communicate. So, and if they really take this away or don't provide the lago with this. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, just to take on this, uh, the internet, because one of the issues in the beginning of the pandemic that we were really uh, concerned was also that uh, what about our families that stayed in countries where the pandemic was not under control, where there was no... Um, lockdown or or measurements taken, and then as migrants, we for us women who can uh, travel, let's say we could go to the countries of to our countries of origin. We could not go because people were not being able to travel. So we were worried with our family members, friends in these countries for the ref the women in the asylum process. There was no way to go anyway, anyway, because you cannot go away from uh, Germany once you are in the asylum. But then you don't have not even uh, the internet to communicate with your family and to know if they are how they are dealing. So this adds up another another dim dimension of stress, of paranoia, of depression, because you you don't you you cannot leave the lager to go to. Or, cafe or anywhere to get the internet to communicate with your family so it's torture is isolation on the level of torture what do you say about that lucia especially because 
you come from Latin America, where, uh, as you mentioned, when you were describing the, the music of Mercedes Sosa, that many people had to seek asylum, including Mercedes Sosa, because of the dictatorships there. And there, isolation was not the torture itself. It was more physical torture. But in Germany, we heard that uh, in the 70s, isolation was the form of torture. So how do we put this all together with the pandemic, with the isolation in the Heims? How do you see that? During the pandemic situation, uh, indeed increases the, this uh, emotional pressure, uh, psychological pressure, much, much more in a very high dimension. This is right, and I agree what you did say before. And uh, what I think is, you know, uh, that that also comes um, because, as you told, this um, uh, this uh, this setting to 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 stay at home, to be. Uh, to be forced to not not to go out, not to uh, leave even the room or the 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 flat, is uh, is uh, similar to torture uh, settings. Yes, and this, like uh, all the torture, um, uh, you know, leads us to loss of confidence. So this is this is very hard moment because you need to uh, talk to someone to you need uh, atmosphere of uh, in a way of friendship of may uh, have small talks with the other women uh, or conversation with other asylum seekers but in this in this moment so comes this pandemic uh, situation and it leads much more to loss of confidence because there are so many measures to control and um, uh, and and to press to press you to much more stress. You know, this is um, what I was um, experiencing in this in the last month when I went to Doberlog uh, Kirchheim um, that. Um, the the women they they had to suffer for example i was told about um some women they can they couldn't or cannot sleep uh, during the night and sometimes they they started or to cry or they wanted to go out or they uh, uh, started to yeah to shout uh, even and this and no because they are women and they they should not do it so in this in this moment no one's no one came to them and started and offers a little conversation yes and sometimes uh these translators they told me yeah i i went to her and i asked why she's crying but um she's lying so that it comes more that they make these experiences they are not believed, you know, and uh, uh, in in general, in generally they are not believed. Even when they have headache or a stomach ache or when they have uh, difficulties during the menstruation, so they are not believed. They can they can go to doctors, uh, but they even they have doubt about it. Yes, so there is a very big loss of confidence, and on in this atmosphere, is is very difficult to say to the women, hey, talk to each other, make some small groups for talking for conversation. It they need it, and they should have these spaces. They should have. Um, uh, safe spaces to 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 talk and to exchange uh, experiences, but it's very difficult. Yes, they are can, they often cannot accept it and um, reduce. They reduce even this communication uh, among them among the women. Yeah, this is the situation I I experience 
very, very hard, very hard, really. Yes, absolutely. We agree with you. We we observe that too. Now I think it's time, a good time to make another break, and we are going to play a song suggested by Yasmin, which is mm-hmm. Mr. Bojangles by Nina Simone. Yes. Yasmin, what does this music means to you? I am Nina Simone. She she was also a fighter. Yeah, in the in the United States, and she also had to leave the country, and she also s- suffered uh, from mental health issues, and uh, which you know, which was not so known. But she was facing so much violence, violence, racism, and domestic violence that she, I think, you know, it was too much for her. So she was one of the women, you know, suffering from mental mental illness and uh, I like her music she was such a strong strong woman against all odds she was yeah powerful despite everything I knew a man Bojangles and he danced for you worn out shoes with silver hair a ragged shirt and baggy pants The old soft shoe He jumped so high Jumped so high Then he lightly touched the down I met him in a cell in New Orleans, I was down now. He looked at me to be the eyes of age as he spoke right out. He laughed and slapped his leg a step shows and county fairs throughout the south he spoke with the tears of 15 years how his dog and he traveled about his dog up and died he just up and died After 20 years, he still grieved. Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, 
Wow. Yeah. Nina Zimone. She's powerful. She was powerful and uh, her songs have power. And somehow uh with the with her history also and uh, and how much she has impacted as a female singer in this industry. I can imagine what she had had to fight to be who she is who who she became. <sighs> Thanks for the so- choice of the song Yasmin. And now we have had a lot from both of you on the input about mental health. What we would like to uh kind of wind our topic for today is uh, how can we strengthen our self organization to better support one another as women on mental health issues. Maybe I start with you Yasmin. Um I think it's not only important to strengthen um, um our organizations and organizations uh, regarding mental health also psychosocial care is important <clears throat> I think it belongs together Um I think it's important to identify allies you know, who are who are also working in the sectional and um um went to uh, to held meetings and um and always what what is really important what we always need is money so there are so many foundations out there i think it's important also to get the support uh, from outside from the states though no because many of them are causing these uh, problems so then they need to pay that we can work on this um also i think i think we need to uh, uh train multiplicatorinen i don't know how it's yeah. in english yeah so that we continue to um what 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 we learned like a neighbor is like a snowball yeah. you know so that um that the radius becomes bigger and bigger and um if you're very big and strong we have more influence so but first of all i think we need to identify and look for organizations allies who are also have the same intention and working in the sectional to help uh, women migrant women refugees yeah yeah that's that's very important to to to, to strengthen the multiplicators Tra- multiplicator training yeah mm-hmm. that's what you yes 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 uh, we we are always talking about uh going away for one weekend out of the city to have this kind of intense trainings about self care yeah and this is uh, very important thanks yasmin uh, lucia what would be your input on this question how we can um support how, how we can strengthen our self organization and uh, support one another as women on mental health issues yes uh, first of all i agree with uh, yasmin uh, this is very right we need uh, there there is a significant lack of services structure especially when we go outside of berlin for example then there there you 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 cannot find anyone uh, really in this in the in the services structures um i i uh, so almost 15 years ago i worked in brandenburg uh in a project who should uh, strengthen the um services for traumatized asylum seekers and i went to every uh, lager to every lager in brandenburg always one two twi- twice uh, a month and uh, and the, so that's why i know the situation uh, the local situation indeed and uh, uh, in that time what i did with uh, two or three colleagues we went to the lager and um, made some a uh, conversation uh, groups or conversation uh, afternoon 
to so we sit down with all the the person from the lager uh, together and we ask them very simply how are you you know this is so, so simply this question but this uh, what what was the result uh, was that the person finally could sometimes for the first time after years uh, tell what was happened to them, what was wrong, what was good, or why, why they feel bad, or why they feel uh, sick, uh, alone, or depressed, whatever. And of course, we, we saw that, for example, there are a lot of uh, uh, difficult psychological situations. Some of them you, you, had, you did mention before. Uh, for example, this. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, for example, the the addiction, the yeah, addiction to alcohol or to tablets, to pharmacy, uh, and so on. So this was sometimes it. It was the first time they could show us the amount of of uh, pharmaceutical products they. They had they did eat every day, so in order to sleep, in order to be quiet, to be silent, and so on. So the situation indeed is um, very difficult, very hard. Uh, I, what I what I could experience, and um, so to start, I think yes, this very very. Um, important resource of support groups and uh, and care groups, self-care groups. We should, we the professionals, should support this, should accompany the, the, the person, and we should really qualify the multiplicators as uh, Yasmin uh, told before. This is a big work, this is a great step, but we should start with it. We should start with it, with uh, small steps, but we cannot, because we cannot let anymore the person stay in that desolate uh, situation. Um, also, I think that we could, for example, my contribution in uh, for for many many years in, uh, to this situation is to give free therapy and advices. Um, but of course, the capacities are limited of everyone. But if every psychologist could, you know, um, offer. Uh, two or one or two places for therapy or advices uh, that that would help also yes to start and it would also help to gain more knowledge and more experiences but also we need uh, groups for example for these professionals we need also um, uh, uh, groups for super supervision, for example, and this professional ex exchange, yes, to support all the other steps. This is what I think. Yeah, and um, I want to add, like for instance, the project I'm I'm working, I'm using the structures because yeah, our project organization helping traumatized torture survivor refugees. And uh, sometimes um, from clients, women clients, I hear about a friend of them. They also need help. And so I mean, even if I can't take them in our project, you know, I can use the structures. I can give them addresses. I can provide them with uh, important uh, information. Or sometimes, you know, I'm using uh, my position uh, for <laughs> a door opener for other organizations or bureaucracy things uh, to help the women so and and I saw in uh, your website our organization is not mentioned so you maybe you can mention them and uh, so they can uh, give you my telephone number and they can get in touch more for me uh, in uh, with me unfortunately we all we only can take uh, clients from 
Berlin. But like I said, I can use structures if somebody is not from Berlin and try to help. Thank you very much, both of you, for the input. That was really powerful. And yes, for sure, Yasmin, we will include you, and I'm sure you will, we will overwhelm you also <laughs> because you asked for it. <laughs> and uh, Lucia, we are very grateful that you, you also contributed. Let us know if we need to overwhelm you also and in which way. And with this, we come to the end of our program today. I am sure we will be calling you again for a continuation of this very important topic on mental health because it's not possible to exhaust it in one sitting. Yeah, thank you very right. much. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for inviting us so I could be part of all this uh, yes, um, empowerment. Yes, I hope so. And that we could contribute, and you are welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much, and hopefully, see you very soon. And stay healthy. Stay healthy, yes. Same to you, same to you. Take care. You've been listening to EBS Radio. We are broadcasting from We Are Born Free, Powerman Radio in Berlin. EBS Radio is a podcast series on the migrant women experience brought to you by EBS the international women's space. We are a feminist, anti-racist group of migrant women, refugee women, and women without this experience. EVS Radio is a continuation of our work documenting the lives and stories of refugee and migrant women living in Germany. Visit our website, iwspace.de, to find out more about our work and subscribe to our newsletter. A complete transcript and a German translation of today's episode will also be available there soon.